you want to be known for being like this guy in the industry that does this lettering and stuff, then you have to come up with your own path to that, you know, to really stand out. If you can't talk to people, you're just as bad as being a bad tattooer. Honestly, probably worse. You know, if you can walk in the shop and you're nice and you're fun, you can treat your clients well and make them happy and stuff, you're going to do better than someone who's wearing headphones and got their head down, who's doing the best tattoos in the world. Even if yours are kind of mediocre, you're still going to do better in the long term. I mean, I, I dedicated my whole everything to it, you know? How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm great. I just uh, had knee total knee replacement on December 4th. Damn, what happened? So, uh, man, I raced BMX and did BMX my whole childhood, and um, and uh, it just caught up to me. I had such bad arthritis, man, that like it was getting so painful to even do life that I uh, I had to get it completely replaced. How is it now? They say six months to a year. Okay, like physiotherapy, but, uh, blah, you know, blah, blah. I'm, I'm doing good. I mean, I can. I've done 22 sessions of therapy. Okay. Um, my last day of therapy is actually uh, tomorrow. Um, then it's kind of all on me. But um, I mean, I'm I'm riding my bicycle like on the trainer again, and I'm doing uh, like I did a like a four mile hike the other day and stuff in the snow. So it hurts okay. less now than it did before surgery. You 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 becoming bionicle kind of thing, like a cyborg shit. Yeah, dude, it's it's solid <laughs> metal. I mean. It's the whole, it's the whole joint, you know? I mean, the whole thing is metal. Fuck. I'm sure you bounce back from worse stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Right. Uh, yeah. Bro, thank you for making the time, first of all. Oh, man, I'm stoked. I'm stoked, man. When I ended up being next to you at the show in uh, Aachen or whatever, I was pumped because I listened to your, to all these, like, and I've listened to many of them many times over, um, especially sorry. like, I like Dana's a lot. Dana's is like, we were driving back from a convention and I had everybody from the shop in the van and I made them all listen to it all the way back, you know? And <laughs> so I just yeah, think Dan, he's such a cool guy, you know? Then is the best. It's just like a nice guy. Apart from all the thing that he's done, you know, and then for he's so, yeah, he's so fun to listen to too. And he's, you know, he's kind of, he can be pretty harsh. You, you know, he can say shit that's like, wow, all right, you know, but I like it that way, you know, it's yeah. cool. And uh, let's remember where you're at now. Uh, Cause you, you have a, so you open shop in Ohio, right? Yeah, I'm in Dayton, Ohio. So we're like 45 minutes from Cincinnati and an hour from Columbus, you know, an hour and a half from Indianapolis. So we got a lot of big cities like within like an hour to two hours. Okay. And where are you originally from? Um, Dayton. Okay. I moved out to Vegas for just a little while and then and then I've lived in Columbus for a few years and then but this is home. How was that? Vegas. Pretty well, I guess. I mean, I enjoy Yeah, I mean I kind of wish I would have done like New York city at some point or like LA for a while just to do it before I bought this shop, you know, bought this building and stuff and really planted my roots, you know, but um, I'm so lucky to have this place and the people working here. So it's, it's, it's a good trade off. And I think it's a cool town. It's, it's small, but it's uh, there's a lot of really cool stuff for the things that I'm into here. You know, like the BMX scene here, we have a, uh, DK Bicycles here, which is like a big BMX brand. We have Alien Workshop, which is a big skate brand. That's here, you know. Um, like Dayton Wire Wheels is here. So, like, it's just so many cool things for, like, underground culture stuff in this little town. You know what I mean? And that's that's it's always kept me here because it's, like, a lot of realness in this little town, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and because that, that's, that's the scene that you come from, right? Like, also kind of, like, what shaped I guess your career in tattooing and stuff like graffiti, BMX, right? Yep. Yes, sir. That's kind of what shaped me into what I am. And the graffiti scene here is really big too. So like there's tons of like people to, you know, paint with and all that. Nice. How long have you been tattooing for? Um, it's, it's, you know, me and my mentor tried to figure it out. Like it's 15 or 16 years. Got in right at the end of, uh, like the, 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 you know, the way shops used to be and stuff, you know, I, I got a taste of a little bit of that, like rougher, tougher end of it before it kind of softened up, you know? So it was kind of nice to get a little bit of that before I 
before like the big change in tattooing, you know? Yeah. And can you remember how it was like, or, you know, not necessarily like specifically how the tattooing was. Can you remember kind of like a memory that you had, you know, growing up where you grew up about tattooing? Like, what was that? You know, the first time you see it's like, what is this? Like, well, how was that in your, in your head? Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was the straight edge scene for me. Um, you know, I was into hardcore as a kid and, um, our, our city was a full blown straight edge hardcore scene, you know? And, and, uh, I mean, I remember when I was like 15, I went to my first show or 14 and, and the guys had like three X's across their foreheads and they were just heavily tattooed. And that really, to me, stands out as like the first, like, that's fucking cool. I want to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That for me was like yeah. the, the football hooligans. You know, in my in my town we had football hooligans. Yeah. They were kind of like the bad guys with tattoos. Yeah, you know, yeah. There was something about it. Not that I necessarily like these people, but you know, there was something like, oh yeah, that's tough. Yeah, <laughs> it was scary. You know, I like that like scary part of it. You know, I mean, I think all of us, all of us that ended up with a lot of tattoos, not all of us, but a lot of us, we were kind of self-conscious or insecure in ways, you know what I mean? And this is, is a, like a, a way to like, I don't know. I was always a chubby kid growing up. So for me, it was like, when I started getting my torso tattooed, I was way less worried about taking my shirt off in front of people. You know what I mean? It made me feel like I was like, you know, I could skip that, you know, almost like you have like a, a body armor on, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. so it, it pulled me out of that, you know? Yeah. You know, that's the magic of tattooing. I, I usually had that exact example in mind, you know, like there is something about your body you don't like, yeah. you know what they say? Like, doesn't matter how you are, how you look, yeah. just, just, stick a tattoo in there you're gonna look cooler you know yeah so, for sure yeah it was like it's like magic I had a belly and i wanted to go to the to the pool and swim but i was like dang dude everybody's gonna be looking at my belly you know but now it's like now oh, they're just looking at my tattoos because i look like a crazy tattooed person now you know <laughs> <laughs> and at, where did you go from there like how did you get into it um to be honest i got kind of a late, later start you know i was i was uh working regular jobs. I was, I was doing like graffiti at night, you know, going out painting trains and doing all that stuff. So I was always drawing. Um, and I was covered in tattoos by the time I was 25. You know what I mean? I already had, I already had my hands and my neck and, you know, all of that. And then, um, I was working regular jobs, you know, like stocking shelves and doing that kind of stuff. And I was a bouncer on the weekends at different bars. And, uh, I started touring in a band. I was singing for like a, a a hardcore band and I toured for for a while and then it was when that ended that I was like and I really don't know how I'm supposed to go back to work in a regular job mm. you know what I mean I was like because I've just been like hanging out on tour for a while and then you know it's like I don't want to go back to stocking shelves so I just uh my my friend like was talking about tattooing he's like because he was a tattooer he's like dude you could totally do it and I'm like, dude, I can't really, I can just draw lettering, you know? And then it was kind of like, I started looking around and was like, man, there isn't really, there's people doing lettering, but it was just like an addition to other tattoos. It was like, you know, this is the tattoo. And then we put yeah. this word with it, you know? Um, and then it was kind of the thing where I was like, man, what if we made lettering like the whole tattoo? You know what I mean? What if that was the tattoo was the lettering, you know, the, the piece was so cool on its own that you didn't you didn't have to just stick it with an image to be cool, you know. Yeah. And that's so, why I decided to try to learn how to tattoo. You know what it makes me think? Like you could do this with other things too. You know, kind of like like what you did is I, yeah. I like I like I like to do this thing. I like to call it the blueprint. You know, I, I it's not yeah. about what people do; it's how you how they do it. So usually, I like to get this from you know different fields. Now we're talking tattoos. It could be mm -hmm. business. It could be anything, right? something unrelated then you you i call it the blueprint you yeah. get the way they do it their model and then you try to apply it to your thing right but the thing that you just said is super cool yeah and say okay you have lettering and tattoos and you did that but you can take an element that normally is kind of like a side dish of something and then make that a yeah. main thing so it makes me yeah. think how many other things you could yeah. do with that kind of philosophy you know right right yeah and that's that was really the uh, and obviously there was guys doing big lettering tattoos, you know, all the, the dudes out on the West coast were doing the big stuff across the upper back and stuff. So it's not like I invented that, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? But I just didn't think it was 
the main focus of anyone out there. You know, even Jack, he did a lot of lettering, but he also did a lot of skulls and the ladies and stuff like that too. So it was like, what could be done if you just did the lettering? Like if you really was like, oh, I'm going to be the guy for that, you know? And that was, I mean, that was the thought coming into it. It was like, I'm going to be the guy for that, you know? Nice. Yeah, I mean, uh, you had to figure out kind of from the start, basically, right? Like you knew what you wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, I knew what I wanted to do coming into it. I mean, you can actually find old interviews of me where I was in tattooing for like two or three years. And I would say stupid shit like tattooing's whatever. I'm just here to do lettering. I, you know, I would say shit like that because that's really how I felt at the time. You know, I was like, you know, I just, I'm a lettering artist that does tattoos is what I would always say, you know. And then mm -hmm. it wasn't until many years down the road that I actually fell in love with tattooing. You know what I mean? It's now I, now I feel like I'm a tattooer that's doing lettering, you know, where before it was the other way around, you know? Yeah. Are you, are you, I think now it's different because, you know, like, uh, you know, with, with progress, things change, you, you, you learn things quicker. Right. But I always felt also the last guest that we had, Krez, has been tattooing forever, you know, and he was saying for the first 10 years, basically you're an apprentice. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I agree. I could, I, I listened to that one. And I, and when I heard that, I was like, he's absolutely right. I feel like only within the last handful of years, can I actually tattoo? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. I, the thing about my career was it's because I was so specialized. I started getting put in magazines and stuff like two years into tattooing. And I have these fucking magazine features that are fucking five pages long. And the tattooing is so bad, in my opinion, now looking at it, you know, because I'm like, dude, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I was doing something different. So it got a lot of exposure. But as far as my technical ability, I wasn't ready for that, you know. And then I had all these crazy tattoos coming my way, you know, foreheads, whole sides of faces and shit, you know, and my technical ability wasn't there yet, you know? Mm -hmm. So now 15 years in, I'm having to fucking deal with those repercussions of all that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I have old friends walking around and be like, yeah, just, yeah. just wear a long sleeve and long pants when we go out. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I wonder, I wondered if that's, if that's everybody, you know? I think so. At least if you're a little bit self-critical. Because I see right? old, I just, the other day I just tattooed a guy and he come back and he's like, I didn't see the other old tattoo yet, but he's come back for another one. He wanted above that one. And I did this other one maybe like 10 years ago or something. And he's like, he's like, oh man, this other one's so good. I just had to come back, you know? And then when he showed it to me, I was like, oh boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, kind of makes you realize how much the average person does not know what a good tattoo is. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you can really fool people just with like fluff on a tattoo and not really be that great of a tattooer. Yeah. You and know? again, that took me 10 years to understand. You know, I was so fascinated by highlights yeah. and shit. You know, I was like, wow. Yeah, dude. Man, you got to put the fucking sweat. Yeah. You got to put the water droplets on the rose, dude, or else it ain't real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you, know? you said, you know, it's hard. You know, the, the general public knows so little to understand the difference, right? Which is kind of like the same for many things. I mean, look at music, right? Um, yeah. But I would say that, right. especially because one thing is that, you know, you don't know enough, so that there is the, the, the experience missing. But also you had to fight, metaphorically, with the flood of bad information out there, which is more than the good one. You know, the thing that gets most attention, oh, yeah. the thing that gets most visibility, the thing that gets in, I've seen like blogs, you know, like even old website, they're supposed to tell you about tattoos. I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Let me guess. Maybe you don't do tattoos. Oh, yeah. like, oh no, I'm a marketing yeah, yeah. guy, you know? And they're like, okay, yeah. you have this flood of bad examples. And then in people's mind, often that creates like the standard. It's like, no, it isn't. So you constantly had to kind of bottle that up. And I think every, every dickhead with a microphone can tell you, tell people how to do it. And if they're good at like putting, putting that together, then people are going to assume they know what they're doing and they'll listen to it, you know, where it's just not the case. Yeah. You know, I find that most of the people who really know what they're doing uh, don't present it that way, you know? Yeah. And where did you go from there? Um, well, I mean, uh, one thing I left out was I actually did pinstriping and sign painting and stuff too, like through all the 
that time. So I was traveling around doing like car shows and pinstriping hot rods and motorcycles and stuff like that. So that sign painting experience definitely hand like lended itself well to tattooing because it's a lot of finesse and a lot of brush work, which is keeping, you know, helping you with the hand consistency and all that stuff. So I feel like that helped a lot. I just had to learn how to use a tattoo machine to really like be able to put on a tattoo, you know, yeah, the technical Sometimes parts of it. Sometimes I've seen videos of people like in like in India, for example. There was this video where the these people go. Buy oh, I've, I've watched that video a thousand times. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. like the stuff that these people yeah. do, and they're paid like a dollar a day or yeah. something, you know. And oh, they make probably, these lines yeah. freehand on those cars yeah. and stuff. You're talking about the one where he had the gas tank, motorcycle gas tank, and he's just flipping it around and doing the perfect yeah. outline. Yeah, it's dude. I, <laughs> like what the fuck? Yeah. Well, think about the tattooers that are out there that are just like that, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, here I am and I have 300,000 followers on Instagram and I'm popular and stuff and I'm doing, you know, pretty decent tattoos. But then you got some dude who's in like, you know, some small town in South America who's just crushing everybody, but nobody even knows about this dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah, the yeah. same thing. Yeah. It keeps you humble. you know. Yeah. And I've met a lot of those kids along the way because I've been fortunate enough to get like, to travel out of South America and stuff, you know, and, um, I did this convention once in, um, Columbia and it was a small town with like dirt roads and stuff. I mean, this was like middle of nowhere. And, uh, the whole convention was lettering kids, you know, wow. and I picked this one kid to like win the competition, you know, and he did a really, it was a pretty good tattoo, you know? And then I just refound him online like five days ago and it's mind blowing. I mean, the dude is like, I just, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like one of those things where you see them and you're like, I don't even, I, I shouldn't even be tattooing, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it blew my mind, dude. Like, I'm like, holy crap. And I commented on one of his photos and he messaged me like, oh my God, I can't believe you noticed my work, you know? And I'm like, dude, like I'm over here, like walking with my head down. Cause I'm like, dude, what am I doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Compared to that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, you told me something about a crazy schedule that you had at some point with, get, with conventions. Yeah, I was doing my busiest year. I did 40, 46 conventions in one year. And, you know, most of them were in the States, but I probably did like six in other countries, too, in that same time. So it was uh, it was wild. I mean, there was a, there was a number of years where I was doing 40 conventions a year regularly for three, four or five years in a row. How often is that? That means so like, uh, when I do like, I had like two or three weekends off. <laughs> oh shit. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, I, I dedicated my whole everything to it, you know, and it was, it was a super exciting time, man, because conventions were really fun at that time. Like, you know, I was, I was in this, there was the same group of people that was at every show on the weekends and, and, uh, I felt like the boundaries of what I was doing was being pushed like continually, you know? So it was like super exciting to, to do it every weekend. I mean, it was like, that stands out as best times of my life really was like the early years when, you know, we were, we all, none of us knew what we were doing, but we were just doing it like as much as we possibly could, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that, can you remember that like, can you remember, let's say like two or three conventions that, 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 you know, stayed with you, because you had like such a good memories about it for whatever reason, like, Oh man, of all of this, when I remember these two or three, they were like, Oh man. Yeah. For me, it's always conventions that I got into that was, I was surrounded by the people that I didn't feel like I should be in that room with, you know, I worked a lot of conventions where I was the big name on the bill. You know what I mean? And that didn't mean anything to me. It was the conventions like the San Francisco Bay area show. When I first started working it, you know, I'm, sitting in my little corner tattooing and it's like you know it's just everyone in the room is just like holy crap how did i sneak in here you know what i mean <laughs> those conventions always stand out to me as the ones that are like the most rewarding you know um i, I always told everybody that pagoda city and the bay area show was the best in the states for in my opinion you know um and I, I've really been doing mostly international shows for the last handful of years. So I don't really have an input too much for the ones here. I know that uh, Sacramento show is good. Um, I always miss 
Pagoda. It's still going on, but I always miss it because it's the same weekend as Sturgis motorcycle rally and I refuse to miss it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, I, I guess now, cause are you still doing it? Because that, that I met you in Aachen, but you know, I guess now it's a, a more human yeah, rhythm, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 I'm doing like maybe like eight to 10 shows a year now, you know, which feels super relaxed to me now, you know, yeah. um, I wouldn't have been able to do that back then I would have been going stir crazy. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And that, you know, some people that, you know, when you, when you started, not when you started, but you know, let's say midway of your tattooing career, right. What, who was the people that you were looking up to? Yeah. I mean, maybe you still, you still do, right. People that you say, okay, these yeah. people or this guy or that guy's an example for whatever reason, not necessarily only lettering and technical, but who would that be? For me, it was always BJ Betts, you know, um, Jack Rudy was somebody I admired, obviously, but he was long before me, you know, like he was a couple generations from removed from where I came in. So Jack was always like an inspiration, but BJ was more close to like how I tattooed because he was closer to my time, you know? Um, so BJ was always the one that I, if anyone ever asked me that, I've always said BJ, you know, um, cause he's great tattooer. He paved the way for all the lettering books and everything that we've all done now. And he's, he's, he's just a cool dude, you know, and I've become friends with him through that time. And that's like one of the more important things for me in tattooing is, is that friendship, you know? Yeah. That's, that's priceless. You know, like when you manage to yeah. cross paths with people that, that you admire and then you actually meet them because, you know, they say never meet your heroes. Right. But then you meet them and like, Oh, you're also cool. dude. Yeah. That's priceless. Right. Or See, I find, uh, yeah. I find that every tattooer that I ever admired when I go to meet them, they're fucking awesome. Nice. You know what I mean? I feel like they're way cooler than what you hope they would be or thought they would be. You know, I think is like a level of tattooer that's below that. They're the fucking assholes. You know, it's like they're, they haven't made it to that stage yet. So they're, they're a dick because they're, they're, they feel they're not doing as well as they want to be. You know, but the guys at the top, I feel like have always been really nice because they they're usually thankful for the ride they've had, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know who you know who you make me think of? Shane Inholm. <laughs> that guy's the best. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh man, I listen. I got tattooed by him. Really? I got the Bob Roberts spider on my back from Shane. Yeah. Nice. And yeah, that, he's wild, man. If I ask you of the people that you met, right? Uh, you know, either, you know, mm -hmm. you, you became friend or you just met and whatever of these people who, you know, would you say were the most funny, you know, like people that you say, Oh dude, most when funny. I met that guy, yeah. Fucking hilarious. Maybe Eddie Deutsch. He was really funny. Yeah. You know, we had him. Yeah. He guest spotted at the shop I used to own in Columbus. He guest spotted there and I'd never met him and, and, uh, and to be honest with you, at that point in my career, I hadn't really dug into like history yet, you know? And when I met him, I didn't really realize, I knew I had heard his name, but I didn't know how far back he went and all the cool shit he did in San Francisco and all that stuff. So like, I didn't realize how cool it was when I met him, you know, but then it came to me afterwards, like, holy shit, man, you know, and I got tattooed by him and stuff when he was there, but it was like, he was a pretty funny dude to have around. Shane guest spotted at the shop too, and he was he was a pretty funny dude. He's just a wild man, you know. They should make a movie about him. Seriously, they really should. They really should because you know his he goes back to like the super early punk rock days and all that stuff. You know, he's like found himself hanging out with this person and that person, and it's like they're all icons now. You know. Yeah, and if you think more like uh, on the other end of the spectrum, right, more like on a serious serious side or things, right. Who can you think about someone that at some point you cross path with in whatever capacity and, you know, either they taught you something or you learn, you know, by reflection, you know, spending time with them, something that it really changed you for the better or, or taught you to do certain things for the better. I would say Mike Rubendahl without question. Um, I, I listened to his, his, uh, Vice documentary he did the one episode of him and him telling his story about traveling over to get tattooed by Philip and and you know they had to send physical mail letters back and forth and all that you know it inspired me to go get tattooed by Ruben Dog because I was like I'm gonna go to New York and get tattooed you know it was a big deal at the time and 
So I flew up to get tattooed by Rubendahl and, you know, it was just, you know, if you've met him, you know, he's always dressed well, he's always put together, his shit's always handled, you know, and, and, uh, I've always been pretty good about that, but he's like another level of it, you know, I'm looking, I'm like looking at myself, like I look like a slob compared to him, you know what I mean? I can't remember who, who it was. It might've been Grez that said it to me because I guest spotted at Mike's shop. It might've been Grez, but I can't say for sure. But somebody was like, I've never seen him draw for an appointment. You don't have your client walk in the door and sit there for two and a half hours while you're fucking having your morning breakfast and trying to like scramble to get your shit ready, you know? So that always had a really positive effect on me. And another thing he did that really stood out to me was while he was tattooing me, He's, he mentioned, he's like, have you tattooed in Japan? And I was like, no, I would love to, but I don't know anybody over there. And he was like, man, you really got to get over there. That's all that was said. Well, like a week later, I get an email from Mutso at Three Tides. And he's like, hey, Rubendahl hit me up and, and said that uh, you were looking for a place to tattoo in Japan. You know, you're welcome to come. Nice. And I thought, you know, the such a, someone is, you know, that tattoos as well as Rubendahl and has so much going on. He remembered to take the time to like hook that up for me and he didn't need to, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that was such a big deal to me. So I feel like that's always stuck with me to do that to other people that I'm in the position to like help, you know? So that's really always stuck with me. Yeah. Sometimes it does take, you know, a, a certain effort to go out of your way and do make things happen. But sometimes, you know, it's not always like that. You know, sometimes yeah. it's such a, a little thing to carve out of your day, maybe 20 minutes to arrange something. And then for someone, it's such a big difference. And you're oh, like, dude, that hey. was crazy. I couldn't yeah. believe he did that, you know, because he didn't really know me, you know, and he put himself, you know, that's a iconic shop. You know, you can't really get a better introduction into tattooing over there than that. So it was like for him to just do it. You know, that was like, wow. You know, that was cool. Yeah. And did you go to Japan? I'd had it was right before COVID, so I haven't, yeah. you know, Damn. I haven't made it over there. I I hope the 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 uh, invitation's still there, but you know, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm it- I would, I'm intimidated too, to be honest. You know, I'm I'm kind of a introvert, you know, so it's really hard for me to just throw myself into a situation like that. You know, I would do it for sure. You know, but that's why, like, because there was definitely like a, you know, probably a little under a year before COVID that I had to go, that I could have went over there and I, I'm just nervous, you know, and, and, you know, I have plagued with that tattooer thing where it's like, I'm not good enough to go there. You know, I'm not good mm-hmm. enough to tattoo with those people. You know what I mean? But I, I definitely would still like to, for sure. Yeah. You know, something that I, I, I end up talking about a lot, especially with classes and this and that uh, is the fact, and it's, it's nice to hear from you. The fact, not that it's nice, you know, to, to know that you feel this way, yeah. but it's nice to hear that someone accomplished like you, that people look up to and stuff. And people might think, what does it mean that he doesn't feel good enough to go to tattoo there? You know, and I think it's a great example for people that are more green, uh, not necessarily in terms of years, even in terms of experience. And they feel that way because it's a lot of people that feel like imposter syndrome or like, oh, I'm not good enough. I, I'm a fraud. I shouldn't do this. Why do I deserve that? And all that stuff. And you realize, man, the best people in the world feel the same. You know, the, the only difference maybe is how you channel it, right? For sure. Yeah. And it can definitely be debilitating. And you got to like, I know that I'm a, I'm a decent tattooer. I can say that with confidence, but sometimes it's hard to like believe it, really believe it. You know what I mean? And it was like last year, yeah, last year I was working the Paris show. And it was, for me, it it stands out as a low in my whole career for me because I was in there and I had these kids coming up and they were all wanting these like crazy face tattoos with like super tight, perfect lining and stuff. And I didn't have like an armrest or like a bed or anything. And I have to keep turning these tattoos down because I didn't feel like I could do a good enough job on it in that space. You know, I didn't have good lighting or anything. And I really, I went outside. I was sitting outside of the Paris show, like having a full blown meltdown. Like I'm not, not good enough to be here. Like I was like considering just leaving, you know what I mean? Like I shouldn't be here, you know, cause these younger lettering dudes are just fucking crushing it on both sides of me, you know? And they're like, they have the same lighting situation and everything I had, but like they're doing it, you know? And I'm, yeah. 
I just couldn't, I couldn't pull it together to do it. And I was, I was outside sitting, trying to sit by myself and I was having like a real meltdown and these young kids were coming over and they're like, Oh man, big knees, dude, can I take a picture with you? You know? And I'm like trying to take these pictures, but then I'm feeling like super fraud at the same time. And it was like, fuck, it was rough, man. It was like, that stands out. Was, you know, it's a great show. It's nothing to do with the show. It was just, I think some feelings I had come to a head right there at that time, you know? And, and I, uh, I left there and then went straight to like Catania to work that show. And same situation. I'm turning down all these tattoos because I don't feel like I can do it. I'm freaking out. And like, I even had these young lettering kids wanting these tattoos on their faces and shit. And they're, and I just like, I can't do it, man. I'm sorry. I just can't. It's not, you know. And then when I came home from that trip, I had time to think about it. And I was like, you know, I can still do all those tattoos. I just know, I just know now for the level that I want to tattoo at, I need the right setup. I need a, I need a light. I need a table. I need, you know what I mean? And so I stopped going to shows without that stuff and I've had no problems since, but that was like a real, like I was really struggling. Cause you're trying to like, you're watching these young kids around you crushing it. And you're just like, fuck man. Like I used to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, at this point in my career, I, I can't tattoo at the level I want to without those things, you know? So it was like kind of a moment I had, the whole point, I was trying to figure out why I brought that up. The reason why I brought that up is because one of the young kids that came out there, I kind of knew him. So I was having, I was kind of talking about this to him. Like, dude, I'm like, I was telling him, he goes, dude, I can't believe you feel this way. You know? And he was like, I just like, I feel this way, but I never would have thought that you felt this way. And I was like, yeah, dude, it's like, it's a tattooing is a roller coaster, man. it's like, sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down and you got to just like, keep going forward and play the hands you're dealt and just keep trying, you know? And that kid, that's why I brought that up because you had said something about that. And he was like, I can't believe you feel that way. I'm like, dude, it doesn't go away. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it, I think I think you get better at dealing with it, but it doesn't go away, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's what you call maturity, I guess. huh? Yeah, I think so. And there's, you know, to expand on that, there's older tattooers that I look up to. I'm not going to say their names, but they're they're lettering guys that I would kill to get a tattoo. I've ha I have tattoos from, but I try to maybe bring one of my friends to get tattooed by them. And they're like, no, I ain't doing it. I'm not, I'm not tattooing at this show, you know? And I feel like it's cause they're, they don't feel, I feel like it's cause they're nervous. They don't feel like they're up to par anymore, you know? And that's like, and this is guys has been tattooing for 50 years and you're like, it doesn't go away. Mm. You know what I mean? You're going to feel that way forever. I believe, you know? Yeah. 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 I, to I totally feel what you're saying. And, you know, it's a very good wake-up call when you start getting more into your tattooing, like 15, 20, 25, 30 years in your career. And then, you know, there yeah. is obviously the new generation coming up. And the yeah. thing is, you know, the same way that you were in a different way and I was, they're hungry, you know? So obviously, yeah. you stay hungry because that's the only way that you can keep doing work, right? But yeah. it's a different kind of hunger. It's like a more green hunger, right? And it's a, it, mm -hmm. it's a more enthusiastic energy about stuff, right? So when you go yeah. to these places, it happened to me when I went to a mansion in Italy called in Ancona, right? And then I saw a bunch of kids, especially doing like black horse, something that I, you know, I'm not too much into uh, in terms of yeah. the, stuff, the stuff I do. But then you see like, a level of efficiency, a level of body placement and stuff, you know, flow and understanding of the new tools and stuff that you're like, mm -hmm. fuck, man, you know, you you better, you know, get your shit together. So yeah. what I like is that I like purposely to put yeah. myself now and then Dude. in this situation because they, they light up the fire under your butt. Yeah. You're like, yeah. I better go home and draw, man. Right. For sure. Yeah. But you have to you have to. I don't think everyone has that ability to see it that way. And I luckily do see it that way. You know, it makes me hungry. It makes me like, like, fuck that shit. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, and I deal with it. I deal with it here at the shop, man. I got these three people that work for me, dude. And it's like, tat you know, when I was getting into tattooing and for the first, you know, 10 or 15 years, you know, most of my career, everything was really technical. Like when you were doing a drawing, it was very, busy and it was all the shading had to look a certain you know it was like and i feel like tattooing now is so simple like the shading is very minimal even on like traditional tattoos right so it's like these guys around me they will do like a spider and they don't shade that much but it looks fucking awesome and i know it's going to age better than any tattoos that we were doing before you know and there's like there's nothing bad you can say about it you know, and it's, it's like, fuck man. So now I got to learn how to draw more simple and more effective that way, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, does that make sense? People, totally, totally. And, and on a personal note, with the people that I work with, I work next to people like yourself, you know, like you have done next to people that tattoo for 40 years, 50 years, right? And I've seen yeah. that the ones that they managed to stay in top and still actually put out in the world some of the best tattoo technically still are the people that even after 40, 50 years of, of tattooing, you know, they see a kid doing the line, they like it and they're like, what did you use? And you're like, what? Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What needle did you use? How did you set up your machine? You're like, are you serious? You started tattooing before I was born, you know? But that kind yeah. of like, how you say curiosity and humbleness, that's what keeps you in top. Curiosity, you know, yeah. Yeah, when yeah. you when you think you know it all, go home, man. Like change up, right? Yeah, my I I talk to people about that all the time because you know, I do think you're it's harder to stay hungry longer you're doing it, you know, especially if you get popular for doing something, because then it's like everybody's just coming to you for this thing that you've done forever. They don't want you to do it any different. They want you to do it exactly like that. But if you want to continue to grow. You can't just keep doing the same shit. You have to change, you know? So there's this weird moment in time where you're like, you're not really doing tattoos. Like you've been known to do tattoos and you have to wrangle everybody into accepting that. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? But that's the only way you can keep going. And my, I always say, and not that Freddie did this, but Freddie Negretti, if you look at him, you can pick any or a lot of older tattooers. You can see that they just stayed doing what they're doing. They never really got better. And now they're not very busy because they're still tattooing like they did in 95, 95, you know, I still love that. You love that. But, but to, in order to stay busy forever, you know, to continually stay busy, you need to keep improving. And I always say for Freddie Negretti, he's doing better tattoos now than he's ever done. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you look at the tattoos he's doing now, he's better now than he was 30 years ago. You know, so that dude is a good example of someone who just kept getting better and better and better. And he still does better tattoos, you know, like all the time. Yeah. You know, what's crazy. I think that's like like such a cool benchmark to aim for. It's crazy because you are, I think now the third person to tell me this in a a few months, you know, because I went to LA in August for an exhibition for the book. And then uh, Sean, Sean Barber drove me to, you know, around to see places and stuff. And we went to Shamrock and Freddie was there. And I was like, what the fuck, man? You know, Mark Mahoney, Freddie Negrete, you know, like, yeah. you're blowing your mind. And then he's doing this super sick food dog. And then Sean yeah. told me this. And also another friend of mine, uh, Jason Tyler Grace, I think, when I met him on the yeah. way back to Portland or something, they said the same thing. They said, this blows my mind. That guy, the more time goes by, the better he gets. Same thing. And now you're another one. You know, it's it better and better, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I use him as an example all the time. Like, dude, that's how you don't end up the old guy sitting in the shop mad at all the young kids about everybody else being busy and you're not. You got to keep, got to keep hungry and keep trying. Just like, you know, like I said, Freddie, you know, it's a great example of it. Yeah. And one thing, let me ask you what, what, like a, a quick little like peel of sort, right? Because a lot of people that listen to this, you know, don't know who Freddie Negretti is, you know, because you got younger artists, you got people. That yeah. really don't. I think uh, people like this For deserve, sure. I mean, they're already very well known in the industry, but some people might not know it because maybe they don't watch that stuff. If you would have to kind of like synthesize it, right? Why do you say that people, you know, should be, should be aware of Freddie Negretti as one of the most contributive, contributive, is that a word? You know, people that contributed yeah. the most to tattooing, you know, what do you say, you know, why people should actually go look it up now? Yeah, I mean, well, I would tell them to watch uh, the uh, Tattoo Nation documentary, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, it explains it all there, but it's like, you know, he was one of the dudes that brought forth, like, especially now all these people doing the fine line tattooing, that's such a popular thing now, you know, that's that's the guy, you know, one of the guys, you know, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think Freddie's the one that first brought that around Charlie and those guys for those guys to see it. And then they all kind of started doing it. If I'm not mistaken, I could be have that mixed up. But so the fact that, you know, you have all these young kids doing fine line tattoos. They need to know who Freddie is. You know, he, he's 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 the guy, you know. Yeah. 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 I like to always promote that thing. You know, like this, this, this podcast has some sort of like, you know, uh, a line that kind of like to, to explain where it goes and it's go to the roots, not to the fruits, you know, to really be yeah, like, okay, sure. where does this come from? Otherwise, what you're doing, you can do it very well, but you're missing half of it. 
you know, yeah. if you don't really fully know the extent. Yeah, I didn't, for the first long period of my career, man, I didn't, I, I'd say probably eight years of it. I, I was in magazines and all that popularity and shit, and I didn't care about the history of tattooing. I've always liked old stuff, so I was always like, ooh, that's cool. But, like, it didn't, I didn't care, you know? It was like, whatever, dude, this is what we're doing now, you know? And then when I worked with um, a couple people along the way that were really into it, that's when I started to look at it. And um, that when I first started, I collect the small Stony Sinclair, like original painting was the first thing I got. And something about that kind of kicked my love for finding out about the roots came from. So I'd say over the last really six years or so is the time that I've been like, really fallen in love with tattooing and learning the history of it, you know, and, and learn and realizing how important that is, you know, to move forward. Yeah. And how do you say, how do you think your tattooing changed in the last, let's say 10 years? Like you look at it now, you look at 10 years ago, yeah. what do you think changed? It's gotten simpler. Mm. Um, you know, BJ, one of the things I met BJ super early on, it was like, I think I'd been tattooing for two years and I met BJ, I actually took his seminar at a convention and um, he, at the end of his seminar, he has you draw the word and then he kind of like critiques it and then he keeps it. You know, years and years down the road when I actually meet BJ and become friends, he showed me that picture. He kept it because he thought nice. it was cool, you know, and he's always told me that I put 10 pounds of icing on a five pound cupcake. He always talks shit to me about that. He's like, I mean, he was really honest with me, but in a good way, you know, he's like, you're putting too much fluff, you know? And I think that that's finally settled in over the last 10 years, you know, where it's like, I realized that the better you get, the more simpler your tattoo can be and it's more striking and it heals better and lasts longer and, and everything. So really, I think the fact it's gotten simpler has been the biggest change, you know, but hopefully it's still as strong or stronger, but less fluff around it yeah you know nice nice it reminds me of, i don't remember which painter it is like uh, a painter said once uh, a painting is not finished when there is nothing to add but nothing to remove you know i'm like right. dude yeah because yeah. it's like you can't take if i take anything there's so little to this if i take anything away from it I, I, it's not done you know yeah. where it's like my early tattooing maybe the letter structure was kind of weak but i could put so much fluff on it that to the average person it was like wow you know, but someone who was seasoned in that style would be like, eh, you know what I mean? Because they understood what was going on. Yeah. And um, what would you, you know, advise to, you know, lettering people? Again, you said that, you know, some younger people now, they are, they are kicking ass, right? But if yeah. someone that, you know, it's younger, what would you advise them for their career in lettering? Right? Yeah. What would you say, okay, you know, these things maybe you should prioritize over the others and stuff. Yeah. I try to tell the younger kids cause I teach seminars and stuff. So I get asked that question a lot and I try to tell them like, um, stop looking so much at everybody else's stuff, you know, cause normally when someone shows me one of their drawings, I can be like, okay, that's flocks, that's BJ, that's me. And that's, you know, I can see where everything came from. And, you know, I think that you spoke about this on your Instagram just recently where you said like, go to the source, right? Instead mm -hmm. of just looking at other tattooers. So I always say, if you're not worried about being like a known lettering guy, then look at whatever you want to look at because you're just trying to put a nice tattoo on for your, for your customer. Totally fine. But if you want to be known for being like this guy in the industry that does this lettering and stuff, then you have to come up with your own path to that, you know, to really stand out. And I think the way that you get to that is by just trying to come up with your own thing or just drawing, you know, if you're just drawing, you'll come up with things and then you'll make your own stuff, you know, and that's what you'll get known for. Yeah. Yeah. Find your voice. I usually yeah. also say like in, in this, in, like in drawing classes and stuff, especially when, cause a lot of people is obsessed with style, like the stuff you're talking about, right. Ah, finding yeah. my style, my style. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I believe that that comes from you understanding intimately something could be a technique yeah. or a subject because you really, took it apart and look at every little piece on every angle. And right. It's like, if you're, that, right? Yeah. It's like if you're drawing a rose, if you don't understand why it's unfolding the way it is, you can't really change anything. So if you're looking at somebody else's rose drawing and just copying it, you're really just 
you don't even understand why those things are where they are. You're just putting them there because you've seen it on this other one. But if you learned why it's doing that, so from the source, then you'd be able to change it a bunch of different ways to make it cool because you understand it, you know? Yeah. And also you had the courage to, to allow yourself to play with it because yeah. you know, you know, one version or 10 version, you know them so well, eventually you also get bored and you're like, let me try something else. I'm going to stretch this, compress that, remove, yeah. add, right? But you, you can't get to that level. It's like a video game. You can't get to level four before you finish one, right? For sure. Yeah. And it's, I, I, someone told me that early in my career, I think it might've been a tattooer named Timmy B, but he was like, if you want to draw a tiger, look at pictures of tigers. Don't look at drawings of tigers. Look at a tiger and draw it, you know? And it's always kind of stuck with me. Nice. And uh, let me ask a couple more things. Now, this mm -hmm. one, you know, like you, you know, you share, you know, in whatever capacity you feel like. Can you think about, not necessarily, you know, to go in details, like, can you think about some of the hardest moments in your career, right? And mm -hmm. if you're still today on top, it means you overcame it, right? Yeah. Can you think so about some hard moment? They're like, oh, man, that was almost like too much. And then how you overcame it? Like, what, what, yeah. what is the thing that made you overcome that? Yeah, I think, honestly, if I'm being honest, uh, right now is kind of a time for me for that. Because, you know, about a, a year ago, I was really struggling being interested in, I felt like I gave everything I had to give to lettering. I didn't, you know, for the first bunch of years of my career, I always had a vision of where, what the next thing was. But I felt like I got to a point with the lettering thing where I was like, I don't know what to do. You know what I mean? I don't know how to change this anymore. I don't know anything beyond what I'm doing. So I had to like, you know, think about it. And then in order to keep my hands busy, I started just trying to do other types of tattoos. You know, I was like, well, I'm going to fucking do some traditional tattoos and I'm going to do some black and gray tattoos, like other imagery stuff, you know, which I wasn't necessarily known for doing and no one's asking me for, you know? Um, so for the last, like, I'd say year, it's been a real transition time for me because I've been posting a lot of non lettering stuff on my social media and stuff like that. And that's, I mean, I've had weeks where I didn't even do any lettering. I'm doing all other shit and people don't give a fuck about that from me. You know what I mean? Mm. I put up this like Pharaoh's horses tattoo that I did with a single needle. I was so proud of it. I feel like it's still the best tattoo I've ever done in my whole career. And no one gave a fuck about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I post a little lettering tattoo on a wrist and people are like, holy shit. You know what I mean? And so I've, it's been hard to deal with that because you're, you're, you're swimming upstream. I could turn around and just keep doing lettering and go downstream for a way easier ride. But I feel like that ride ends at some point, you know, cause I don't, I don't know how to continue that, you know? So I've been, fighting going the other way just trying to see just trying to keep moving and, and to stay passionate about tattooing you know I've, and that's not to say i'm not passionate about tattooing I, I love it more now than i ever have i'm more addicted to it now than i've ever been um but trying to do other things has been my struggle lately and it's been one my people don't want they don't ask for that from me so i'm like i had to put myself back in a seat of like i gotta talk people into shit now mm. where for this long portion of my career, it was like people came in, they're like, I just want this big word on my back, do whatever you want, you know? And now it's like, you know what would be cool? And you're trying to sell these other things, you know? And they're kind of like, eh, you know what I mean? And you're like, no, I, you know, and you're, so it's, it's humbled me a lot. It's put me, you know, put me in my seat a little bit, you know, to have to try to like build this thing again. But on the other hand of that, it makes me hungry too. It makes me, I feel like I'm more determined when I'm not, the main guy in the limelight, you know, I feel like I'm like, I got something to prove. So that makes me hungry again, you know? So I've enjoyed that, but it's, there's definitely moments of where you're like, fuck man, you know, like nobody gives a shit about this. And it's kind of this weird transition between like, well, I'm the lettering guy, but I'm not, I haven't really been putting much lettering stuff up. So I think people are like, what do we do here? You know what I mean? And then it's just, it's just been a weird transition time. And I think, uh, I know it's kind of a long answer to that, but, I think a big part of it also is um, the fact that like for most of my career doing lettering, it's like when I put out the next lettering tattoo, it was this like thing that hadn't really been done much in tattooing. I'm, and I'm not saying I invented it, but I'm saying like the way I put this spin on it was at the forefront of what I was doing, you know, and everybody's like, whoa, you know, for 
for this period of time, like every tattoo I did was like, we pushed the boundary in some way. And then now I go to do like a traditional rose on somebody and it's like, no one gives a fuck. It's been done a billion times and way better than I'm doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I found that to be hard. You know, it's, it's humbling. Cause it's like, how do you even compete with people that do this way better than me? You know, mm. but I kind of enjoy that. It makes me feel hungry. It makes me want to try and fight, you know? Yeah. I think, I think it takes courage and it takes, you know, you need to keep yourself focused eyes on the prize and mm -hmm. not let your, your head go in the dark place because yeah. of the lack of, you know, response or validation right. or whatever. You need to be like, yeah. I know what I'm doing and doesn't matter yeah. of the outcome. I'm just going to yeah. keep going this direction. Right. It takes courage. Yeah. I'm building a bigger picture, you know, and it's like, mm -hmm. if there's a, a blank spot on the resume during this time, that's just what it is. You know, I got to develop myself in this way and, and people are just going to have to be along for the ride. <laughs> you know, my mentor was the big inspiration for this for me because um, his name's Brian Brenner. And in the late nineties, he was really well known for doing color tattoos. He did that really crazy. Like they called him little Brian back then, but he had like crazy turquoise and pink and, you know, super crazy things. And he was in all these magazines and stuff for doing colors. Books are full for these color tattoos. He went out and got tattooed by Jack and got this mm. big black and gray tattoo on his leg. And he came back home and was like, I'm just doing black and gray now. I'm not doing color anymore. <laughs> and completely changed his career right in the middle of the height of being the guy for this other thing. And then 10 years later, he's in every magazine. He's winning every award it shows. He's, you know, and, and he completely switched what he did. And uh, that's been a big motivator for me. And just to know that, like, if I just keep going, I just keep going, you know, and, and, and I'll push through because that's just the person I am, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like we were talking about blueprint, you know, at the start of this, it's not mm -hmm. what you do. You do color, you do black and gray, you do fine line. It's how you do it. So I think yeah. if you take the same, in the end, the ingredients, what are the ingredients? Understanding on the thing, uh, you know, focus, courage to try things, looking at things from another angle, uh, determination. You know, if you use the same ingredients, the outcome is going to be the same. That's why yeah. people like your mentor keep succeeding, yeah. succeeding, you know? I yep. guess. Yeah. And it's, that's the thing. It's like, and, and he, he actually taught me that early on. I really couldn't have had a better mentor than him. He changed my whole life. You know, um, he, he said that he was like, if you're successful at something and you don't know how you did it, then it was luck. You know, he's like, if you're successful at something and you can look back and you know, the steps you took to get there, then you can repeat that time and time again till the end of time. And you're always going to win. You know what I mean? And that's, that's always stuck with me. Nice. That's a good mentor. Yeah. And I feel like it has, I mean, dude, he's an animal. He's done like, he, he used to be kind of chubby and stuff. And now he's doing Iron Man's and he's fucking, mm. you know, and, and he's, yeah, he's just, dude, he's, he's, he's about as good as it gets really. Yeah. He's got his mental you game know? tight. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he had me, it was mandatory for me to read certain books when I was in my apprenticeship and stuff for like, cause I was, when I got into my apprenticeship, man, I was almost 400 pounds. I had no motivation whatsoever. I was like a slob at life and he literally by the end of my apprenticeship i was like two i was like 150 pounds lighter and i had like more motivation than i could get out of my body in a day you know what mm -hmm. i mean so it was like he completely changed my life nice can you remember a couple of those books to recommend people <laughs> dude i can't remember i honestly think one of them was a donald trump book which like doesn't land real well right now but at that time it was a very good book for motive like being motivated you know yeah. um but it was yeah. It, oh, I know one of them was how to win friends and influence people, which is, I was very Del shy. Carnegie, right? Yeah. Dale Carnegie. Yeah. So I was real shy and he was trying to get me to understand like how to come into the room and cause you need that to be a tattooer. That's a skill mm -hmm. just like how you pack black. If you can't talk to people, you're going to, you're going to, that's all. That's, that's just as bad as being a bad tattooer. Honestly, probably worse. I think if you have a good, um, you know, if you can walk in the shop and you're nice and you're fun, you can treat your clients well and make them happy and stuff. You're going to do better than someone who's wearing headphones and got their head down. Who's doing the best tattoos in the world. Even if yours are kind of mediocre, you're still going to do better in the long term, you know? So stuff like that was a really big help for me. Nice. Yeah. Because I guess, you know, from what I've seen working next to you, like, I guess you are, you share the same mentality of the people that believe that you don't only have to give a tattoo. You have to put a little show, you know, like make memories. Absolutely. Right? 
I tell them, you know, I come home from work all tired as hell and tell my girlfriend that, you know, I'm like, man, I'm so exhausted from talking all day. It's not my normal instinct to talk like all day long and be, you know, and to be like up and happy because, you know, a lot of these people have been waiting two months for this little tattoo and they've driven far or flown in and they're, it's, it's, you have to understand what an ordeal that is for them, you know? Mm. So for me to come in here and just be like, Hey, how's it going? It's just not, it's just not enough, you know? So yeah. I like to try to turn it on, you know, and, and, and it's, it comes naturally once I do it, but you know, it always takes a little bit of like, okay, here we go. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, when they leave and they're stoked, man, it's like, there's no better feeling, you know, and you, and I love, I love breaking the, the, you know, like the, it's so known for, for people that they travel far to get tattooed by some tattooer and they show up and he's late and he's unprepared and all this shit. And I love breaking that mold. You know, I love, you can't find a person that's walked in this shop for an appointment with me and ever even had to take a seat in the lobby. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they come in and they sit down in my chair and I'm set up every, every day. You know, then it's not to say I haven't made a mistake here and there, but it's been very few. And and most people know that when they walk in the door, they're walking straight back to my chair to get tattooed, you know, and that's, I love surprising people with that because they always go, wow, okay. You know what I mean? Like they're almost caught off guard because yeah. they expected to hang around for four hours before we started, you know, but I'm like, nope, let's go, you know, and I like that. Nice, awesome. Dude, this is gold. Yeah, like so many things that people can yeah. bring home, and you know, like that—that's the whole point. You know, thank you for sharing this because, again, up up to this point, this is your lifetime experience. You know, so yeah, it, dude. It, you know, and it's ever it's ever changing. It's ever going. You know, and and I think about this stuff all the time. You know, like longevity of how do you with how many with how hard the roller coaster ride is at times. It's like how do you when I talk to dudes like Jack and these guys, I'm like, how in the fuck did you survive this? You know what I mean? Like, cause I know it's gotta be hard. I mean, I'm 16 years in or so and like, holy shit, it's been a ride, you know? And, and when I talk to, cause I'll go out and get tattooed by these guys, you know, I got a couple tattoos from Jack. I got Gil Monty, you know, a bunch of these old dudes, I'll go out and get tattooed by them. And I'm always asking them, you know, how the fuck do you do it? You know? And they're just like, it just know that it, it's a up and down your whole career and just know that it's just going to be that way. And it's nothing you're doing wrong. You just got to keep, keep on keeping on, man. And it'll, 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 you know, the course will ride itself, you know? Nice. So that's what I'm trying to do. No, I, you're doing well. I'll say I'm trying. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I, I know that you, you, you say like, you know, you have seminars I've seen on your website, you got like, yeah. like courses and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, if people would like to get into some of this, if people would like to book with you, uh, you know, all that stuff, know where you're going to be, la, la, la. How can yeah. they get a hold of you? Where is the best place to, you know, find you? Yeah, as far as booking appointments or any of the, like, those other projects, it's all on my my website, just bigmees.com. Um, as far as my travel dates, I try to put them on there, but, you know. <laughs> so most of that stuff's listed on my Instagram. It's just at bigmees. You have, I guess, on the, you know, you got your email on the website, contact form, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, all this, yeah, yeah. It's just bigmees at bigmees.com. Nice. And that, and that product that you offer on the website, the lettering course, that looks mm -hmm. like a pretty, pretty comprehensive introduction. And yeah, so I actually made that during COVID lockdown. You know, I, I, I had a friend of a friend who was like a videographer and I hired him and I had this art studio at my house at the time. And I wrote out this whole thing and we filmed that during lockdown and it was, that was a massive project, man. And it was, it was good. It was, it was hard to not teach people how to tattoo, mm. but teach them how to do lettering. Right. Because I didn't want to have this wall up to where I had to vet every person and I wasn't trying to teach them how to tattoo. So it was hard to walk this line of like consciously feeling okay, putting that and putting what I put out there. And still it'd be worth it for people and stuff they can take home. So the majority of it is all the drawing process on there. There's a short period of, there's like two chapters that are of the tattooing process, but I don't teach how to tattoo at all on there. I teach a lot of the things I use and stuff like that, you know, and why, but that was, that was one of the harder struggles with doing that. You know, I'll tell you one thing I'm working on right quick before we wrap it up. I, yep. I started a project in 2019 I started actually turning a lot of my hand styles into typable fonts that people will be able to literally type 
my script out and all of those styles out straight off their iPad and, and make a tattoo out of it. Um, I, I didn't even know how to vector at the time. I had to go out, buy a computer, come home, like look up on YouTube how to vector and then hand draw these fonts and then learn how to put them in programs and all that stuff. And I'm about a month away from being able to like drop it, put it out. And it's, it's been the longest. When did you project. start? like the end of 2018 oh dude fuck yeah like six years yeah so i have 10 of them done and i didn't work on it non-stop that whole time you know there might be six months went by yeah, and i'm course. like oh, time to work on it again you know but uh when i got down from my knee surgery that was my plan it was like well while i'm home fucking using this time to finish these up so i got them done and it's it's pretty exciting it's it was something i battled with mentally was is it okay to turn these to make it this easy for people, you know, but I've realized that the books that, you know, me and all these guys have put out over the years, people just trace out of those books. Yeah. You just trace it. So um, it's no different than that. It's just the next evolution of that, you know, and the people that want to learn how to draw the stuff, this, they don't need this. Mm -hmm. It's the people who you're working at a walk-in shop and someone wants a cool font. You can type it out and slap a tattoo on their wrist and go on about your day. You know, that's, that's what it's for, you know? So I'm excited because it was such a project and I'm excited to see like, you know, I know I'll see this stuff pop, pop up all over the world. It's, it's pretty cool. You know, yeah, because also like lettering is more than that. You know, lettering is like flowing yeah. with the spot and isn't that. So that's, that's For sure. Aspect. But then you people ask else. me that, you know, people ask me that like, well, if they have that, what are they going to need you for? And I'm like, well, here's the thing. It's like, I could draw the letter G 300 different ways. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So like, okay, you guys have access to these 10 ways, 15 ways. Well, by the time that this is out, I already know 300 more ways to draw it. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's never, and you'll never get it to fit like it does when you draw it on the body. You know, it's, it's never going to be exactly the same, you know, but it, it has, its, it has its place and its use, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like, it's kind of like if I give you like a ready to made recipe, the ingredients are already yeah. prepped, you know, and then instruction, you can make the recipe and it's nice, but yeah. it's not the same as being a chef. But if you sat at home and you and you you went pick those ingredients yourself and you chopped them up and you made the actual dough or whatever, that's going to be a lot different. Yeah. You know, so same thing. You know, but yeah, it's a pretty exciting thing. I know when people first put out lettering guides, some of the old heads were mad. You know, like the first one to put one out, he got a phone call from one of the other dudes, like, "What the fuck?" You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, you're just giving our shit away. You know, and it's just. Yeah, it's just it's just part of it, you know. I mean, I think it can be done tastefully, and hopefully, that's what we're doing, you know. Yeah, I think I think if that is intent, you know, if your purpose is is right, you know, and you yeah. do it for the right reason, so to say, when it's like that, at least this is an opinion, right? There yeah. are many. The way I see it is, it just means that I'm gonna have to keep getting better. So at the same time, it kind of motivates me. If you if I share yeah. something, right, that mm -hmm. is never anyway the whole thing, right? But if I share yeah. something. It doesn't mean I'm giving something away. It's kind of like yeah. the opposite. And at the same time, it motivates me like, okay, now you have the little tool as well. I'm just going to have to yeah. keep adding better. So you yeah, don't catch up. Yeah, I just got to so push harder. Yeah, you know. Exact same. Yep, that's what I believe in. So I don't, I don't, yeah, I'm just excited about it. Nice. It's going to be a cool yeah. one. Yeah, you also never stop, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope. Hope not. <laughs> I don't plan to. <laughs> no. And when am I going to see you next? Are you coming back to Europe? Yeah, I'm doing... Uh, I'm doing a convention in, uh, I'm doing Scotland for anybody Edinburgh? out there. Yeah. Edinburgh. If, if, nice. if that's my good friend, Jim puts that convention on, I think I've only missed like two years of the show has been going on for 10 years. It's one of the best shows in the world. Hands down. You know, nice. if, if, if anybody out there is looking for a new show to work and it's a small show, you gotta, you know, you put your name in the hat, hopefully get a spot, but man, it is fucking cool. And it's great. Most Scottish people show up ready to get tattooed. You know, you don't have much people walking around just kind of, you know, it's looking for a show. They're like, man, they come in the door hungry and they're ready. It's like, you know, I had that same experience in Aachen, you know, yeah. same thing. It was like, man, people were just ready to get tattooed. It's like, you know, you see these shows where there's 300,000 people in the door or whatever, but nobody's really getting tattooed. And then you work some of these smaller shows and it's like, well, there's not 300,000 people in the door, but fuck man, everybody's getting tattooed. Want tattooed. You know, and that's what I like. That's what I want to do. Yeah. So and yeah, Edinburgh, I'm doing Scotland. I'm doing Edinburgh is nice. In, what'd you say? It's a nice city. Edinburgh is a nice city. Oh, it's so cool. It's the coolest, man. I love Scotland. I tell people all the time there's 
there's warmer places, you know, but you can't beat Scottish people, dude. And the, and like just that whole, it's just, they're just so cool, man. Mm. You know? So yeah. And I'm doing, um, something in South Africa and I'm doing, Cape hopefully Town? I'll do it's in Cape town. I just, it's like this SA tattoo convention or something yep. like that. Yeah. Um, I've never done it. I've never been there. That's really at this point, a lot of times when I go places, it's cause I'm like, I've never been there and I want to go there, you know, and I need a reason to go there. So checking that out. I unfortunately just had to cancel the Paris show. I was supposed to do my knees just not ready yet. Um, I wanted it to be, I'm trying, but, uh, I could be facing a second surgery, not mm. a real bad, but it might put me down for a couple of weeks. So I didn't want to tell them the day before the show started. So I went ahead and just like told them, I was like, guys, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be able to work it, you know? Um, but yeah, I'll be over there for a bunch of shit. I don't really know. I pick it like two months in advance, <laughs> you know? Nice. What about Asia? I don't have anything for Asia, but I really want to go back. I mean, I've tattooed in Taiwan and stuff and I work shows there. I work in China, but I just, I don't really know anybody there or anything, you know? So it's like, I, I but I want to, cause it's, you know, it's like, it's culture shock still when you go there, you know, where it's like, mm-hmm. I go to Europe, it's like, oh, just like another fucking, you know, Chicago, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Where people speak funny, you know, in some places, obviously there's a lot of really beautiful ones, but when you're stuck in the main city of a lot of places, it's kind of just like, well, I might as well be in Chicago, you know? Yeah. But I want to get out to some more like culture shock places like that. You know, I think that would be fun. So to keep an eye out, I'll be out there and I'll, I know nice, I'll see nice. you a couple of times this year. We'll cross, we'll cross paths at some, at some point. And then like, I'm planning to come yeah. more to the U S like in the next year or something like this. And I just need cool. to figure out the visa stuff. So then hopefully I can yeah. make like a tour and come see you guys, you know? Dude, yeah. That's the thing that sucks about, that's the only downside to being where I am. I'm kind of off the fucking trail, you know? So it's like uh, tons of people like want to come through, but it's kind of like, fuck man. It's like, I'm in LA and well, Ohio's like 2000 miles from LA, you know? So it's Wait, like, what's the closest airport? Columbus. We okay. have a date in the airport but it's, it's kind of like small. So sometimes the flights can be expensive to get in and out of there, you know? Mm. Um, but I have a lot of friends that come over and they're like, fuck, I just can't make it to Ohio. You know, they're like, I'm doing New York and LA, you know, yeah. that's been the only downside to being in a smaller area. So I don't get visitors as much as I'd like to, but I know if people come out, they'd, they'd stay busy. Yeah. Yeah. Probably cons. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Thank you so much for this. Yeah, Dude, is- I'm pumped, man. I got to tell you, I listen to this podcast every episode pretty religiously and uh i didn't know that was you i when i was next to you in Aachen, i i heard your voice and that's how i knew it was you because i don't think you had your banner <laughs> up yet but i heard strange. your voice and i went oh you know and then uh i ended up meeting you and then you know i wasn't going to ask to be on your podcast but when you brought it up to me i was like holy shit you know because i was just excited because it's cool man and it's like all the people i look up to are on your podcast so like of course i'm excited to sit here and flap my gums as well you know thank you man i appreciate it. like it means a lot you know, yeah. for people that, it's cool you know. man it's very cool keep doing what you're doing i like it bro thank you so much Dude, uh, good luck with you, your man. good luck with your knee yeah thank you i appreciate it i'll see you soon okay nice awesome bro take care bye, bye. thank you